0: Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Jeff Young, CIO at Children's Hospitals and Clinics of Minnesota. In this segment, Young talks about the initiative to integrate infusion pumps with the EHR, the results they've seen so far, and how other organizations can piggyback that success, and his strategy to keep the staff well-training on coding. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by MimeCast, the leading provider of cloud-based secure messaging, email archiving, continuity and security solutions. To see how Mimecast can help you avoid appearing in the wrong kind of headlines, call 1-800-660-1194 or visit mimecast.com. Now, one of the uh the the projects or initiatives I wanted to to talk about was um the work you did with uh, infusion pumps and uh, EMRs and this is something that uh, you know sounds like it's uh, it certainly makes a lot of sense but i'm sure uh, you know it took took some work on your part and, uh, and i just wanted to k- kind of talk about um uh, this project first of all you know how it started um you know how this whole came how it all all came about um this uh, patient safety initiative
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, the project initially started and for us this was really all around patient safety. We've have had clear objectives for years to continue to um eliminate harm. And for us, the discussions initially started with Cerner um and it related to discussions around barcode med administration and we wanted to take, you know, our patient safety goals a little bit farther than that. And Cerner had mentioned that they had been a little in a little bit of discussion um with carefusion you know related to moving down this path of of integrating infusion pumps as well and and we were very interested and so um we really probably had some discussion related to how we would move down this path for close to 6 months and uh and uh worked with you know both carefusion and cerner to better understand first of all how mature was the capability um that we were going to help implement given that again from a a children's perspective. We're the first, really, to implement this, and there are a number of things that are very different um, from a pediatric perspective related to infusion management. And I can talk to some of that um, than in the adult world. But you know, once we worked through through all of that, um, you know, then we brought this really request and something that we that we thought added significant value back to, back to our executive team and ultimately to, the board, you know, to request that we move forward with this. So, and I know there were, there had been a formal, you know, kind of announcement related to infusion management, but, you know, since that um, formal announcement um, of the infusion, you know, management barcode program, uh, the system has continued to improve children's medication management and patient safety. You know, again, as I had mentioned, children are particularly vulnerable to medication errors. Um, drug infusion is used on about oh, two-thirds of our pediatric patients, and it represents a special challenge because the dosages and infusion rates vary by a patient's weight um, much more so than with adult patients and that's something that, that is very different than the adult world and we're always hyper diligent about this right. and to give you a feel we administer uh, well over a hundred thousand infusions a year within our hospitals and so we did see an opportunity to focus on a major patient safety initiative and with an opportunity f- to create another level of, of what you might call a safety net around High volume and high risk medications, and improve medication administration um, and data documentation. And so, um, through discussion again, we had recognized that this was, you know, it was an innovative approach and more than likely challenging to make a reality. However, you know, had the ability to dramatically cut the potential for errors. So, we decided, we did decide to move forward, obviously. And we worked very closely again with Cerner and, and CareFusion to ensure. A safe, seamless, and efficient rollout that would integrate um, the new technology with our current best practices. We felt our current best practices were very solid, but automating them was something that could definitely help provide that next level of a safety net. And so, um, you know, we recognized as, as well that we would have been the, you know, that we were the first pediatric hospital to integrate infusion pump programming and automation um, into Infusion Smart pumps. However, um, this partnership was really about ensuring that others have the ability to benefit from this work uh, given the impact of quality and safety and at some level efficiency also. So, you know, what does this do? Um, The capability allows for the integration between EMR and our infusion pumps so that a physician order placed in Cerner flows into the pump and auto-programs the pump to reduce any risk of manual error. Um, Information obtained from the pump while the infusion is in process then flows back into Cerner. And this allows our nurses to validate this information versus chart it. And again, from a quality and safe per- safety perspective, it eliminates a number of manual steps. And what was nice about this is that the system provides concrete information related, you know, related to this um, that allows us to focus on training and, and any necessary processes um, related to improvement towards practice as well. And so we get real information related to its use, you know, post-implementation. Um, where it's being used, where, you know, and where not with infusions um, and the use of guardrails, et cetera, and and allows us to really work with the nursing community to continue to improve practice also. So, you know, the improvement builds upon, from our perspective, um, a 20-year effort to enhance medication management and, and thus patient safety and operational efficiency. And, and by implementing this new capability, we enable our nurses as well to focus more on patient care and less on documentation. Right. So, you know, overall we feel that we're providing safer care.
0: Yeah. Was there some level of hesitancy just because, you know, there wasn't really a, a model to work off of, and, you know, being being one of the first uh, pediatric hospitals to do this?
1: There was a little bit of hesitancy, and, and you know, part of that came down to the fact that, you know, in context of of some institutions, you know, we're not a huge group, you know, our IT group is around 125 individuals. And, you know, we recognize that anytime you move into a space that's a little bit more innovative and maybe a little less vetted, you might say, that there's significant work. Um, And so a lot of that really came down to better understanding you know, resources and what was really involved in moving down this path. So was this the right thing to do? Everybody in the organization b- believed that it was the right thing to do and that we could significantly improve safe quality and safety, um, but it was really related to ensuring that we understood what it would take to get there. But we did work through that and 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 moved on, and, and we think we're in a better place um, because of it.
0: Do you um, anticipate something? it's something where other organizations, other children's hospitals, um, are going to contact you, or or have they already? Just you know, kind of wanting to know more about you know ev- everything that had to that you had to do to uh, to start this project.
1: Um, yes, and and a number of organizations have already contacted us. Um, a yeah. few have made trips out here to really better or discuss the program more in depth, and and you know the effort involved in implementing this, not only from an IT perspective but from a care perspective as well. And so, right. you know, one of the big questions that that you know many times would come up is you know are you providing safer care i think yeah. a number of them ask that question it's a very good question and and you know just as an fyi our, our we have something that we call slrs or safety learning reports um and those safety learning reports were made it related to medication administration events have decreased um by about 37% which um is definitely significant um you know we've had staff nurses report situations where barcode med administration and infusion management have pre- prevented medication errors. Um, you know, patient satisfaction data shows as well a sustained improvement in, you know, our parents' um, confirmation of patient identification of the six rights at the bedside, you know, which is right patient, I believe, right route, right time, right medication, right dose, before we ever administer a medication Um and so our data also shows on average about a 57% increase in smart pump drug safety parameters utilization um, since the implementation. So those are some of the things that we talk about with them as well because ultimately at the end of the day, does the technology help provide safer care? And uh, and, and so far, you know, the information we're tracking shows that it does, but but absolutely a number of organizations have contacted us and obviously will help in any way that we can.
0: Yeah. Is this something that uh, you kind of – you think you might um, build upon in other areas, just as far as, you know, um, doing more with interoperability of uh, smart devices and HIT systems?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, this is one of a number of things that are potentially possible down the road. Um, And, and, you know, the way in which Cerner accomplished this, they have um, a capability that they call their IBUS. and what that i bus really allows them to do is more readily and easily plug other capabilities that are ne- not necessarily cerner into a Cerner environment, and so you know their i bus capability is fairly mature and um you know from a smart device perspective um there are a number of things that they're that they're moving forward with in that world, and we're taking a look at it, and part of it for us is you know based on based on our long term goals, both strategically of which you know quality and safety is always part of it. Um what are those things that are really going to help propel care to the next level? But but absolutely we're looking at things.
0: Okay. So now for you as CIO, is it is it a plus or is it important to be part of an organization where you know that there there is a willingness to uh um you know, take on a project that that is something that few or no other organizations are doing and to kind of, you know, be that uh I guess you would say bleeding edge. <laughs>
1: for me it's exciting and I think for the group it is as well you know if if you have a conversation with you know any of the individuals that were involved in this initiative um, you know there's a level of excitement you know um, and and a lot of excitement to really talk about the successes and so for me obviously it's exciting and I think for the organization you know again showing the success I think leads to you know willingness to do more things down that path again as as you know, we can vet out that case to show where they add value, and so it's been a very positive thing for us.
0: Right, right. It's uh, w- one of those cases where you really can, you know, utilize technology to to really uh, really improve the patient experience and improve the safety, and that's uh, that that's always a, a big plus.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And again, we're excited about it. Um, we've recognized abstain approval improvement however it wasn't necessarily an easy effort and there were definitely a number of lessons learned you know but but again overall just looking at the raw numbers related to patient safety and and understanding that every time there's a medication error that is a child right and and any time that we can improve that um you know we're excited to move down that path
0: right okay so now what are some of the uh the other um big priorities for you right now for you and your team
1: we have a number of them, you know. As with everybody else, we have been moving down that ICD-10 path, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and with the recent announcement to delay ICD-10, you know, we've been kind of vetting where we want to go and what we want to do in relationship to ICD-10, recognizing that hopefully here fairly soon we'll we'll better understand whether the go-live date is next year or whether it's 2016. Um, so ICD-10 has been big for us. Um, there are a number of things that we're already in place or underway, you know, so computer-assisted coding is something that um, was well underway and and computer-assisted coding is is something that, you know, within our HIM group will really help our coders become much more efficient, recognizing, you know, that the move to ICD-10, you know, could potentially impact our efficiency by 50%. Um, This capability, we believe, can help us by giving us, you know, added efficiency of 30. Um, you know, so we're con- we're definitely focused on moving down that path. And the other component to that was in helping to drive efficiency is that, you know, there's a projected anywhere between 30 and 50,000 coder shortage, given that everybody's trying to hire additional coders related to the inefficiency. So we thought we had to do that related to ICD-10. Um, a number of organizations have started provider training. And again, this isn't something where, you know, in the inpatient world, providers necessarily have to assign codes but ensuring that we're documenting at the right level of detail is very important, and that's something that we can continue with regardless as to whether or not we move to ICD-10. It gives us a little bit more runway to work with our clinician groups and ensure that we're ready to go um, when the time comes, and so we've continued to move down that path as well. Um, As well as as what we call dual coding, so it's coding in both ICD-9 and ICD-10 And what this helps us do, and we've had a collaborative here in the cities with some of the adult institutions with some of our payers to ensure that when that time comes and we have to flip over to ICD-10 that there aren't any significant impacts to either the providers or the payers. And so dual coding allows us to work with our payers to better understand the impact of this change. And so we're going to continue to move down that path. And, And some of that reason as well as the fact that a lot of the new graduates coming out of school were trained in ICD-10 and not necessarily ICD-9. So there are a number of things that we're, we're, we're continuing to move on there, but that's been a substantial area of focus for us.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.